the Boston Cast for Tuesday, December 20th, 2005. Guys, hi, my name's Matt. I'm the host of the Boston Cast. You're listening to the Midweek Podcast for Tuesday, December 20th, 2005. Please visit www.thebostoncastfansite.blogspot.com. All right, guys, please email me, thebostoncastyahoo.com. Just send me your feedback, and you'll be entered in that holiday prize contest, uh, iPod shuffle, T-shirts, tons of stuff for you. So email me. Great prizes for y'all. Call that on the December 25th episode. So, guys, thanks for tuning in today. I cannot do the podcast tomorrow, so I'm going to do it today. Please email me, guys. Um, please visit the fan site. And uh, that's pretty much it. So why don't we do some news first? Celtics news. Let's jump right into that. Amazing win for them last night. I've got a bunch of highlights for you here. So why don't we start with uh, Ricky Davis. Ricky Davis had 21 points. Uh, great game for him, I think. Let's see. That's great for him. I, I think he had a great game, but... um. I will talk more about him later, but why don't we uh, first start on Davis for the Golden State Warriors. Great game for him. He had nine points in just the first quarter. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? I mean, Al Jefferson did a great job of posting up in the low um, post. and I mean, he just did a great job. He got to the boards. He got, I don't know how many rebounds right now, but he got like eight or ten rebounds in that game. So, very, very exciting. I watched it. And I was very pleased with the uh, thing. It was on NBA TV. You guys should check that out. In the uh, second quarter, it was 39-32 to Boston. So they had the lead, and they just kept it going throughout the uh, whole second half. I mean, there were a couple close points. I mean, it got to 80-78 late in the third. And, I don't know, Baron Davis really scared me a couple times. There were a couple alley-oops. But, I mean, LaFrance got some playing time after being benched for a while with Doc Rivers. Not benched, but sitting out some time with Doc Rivers lately. But... Not bad for a little while he was in there. And then Paul Pierce, he had an okay game. 19 points, not bad. I mean, not his best game ever, but what the heck. Got some points in there. Ricky Davis, 21 points, great game for him. As I said earlier, Al Jefferson, great game for him. He had 13 points from post position. And it was just a marvelous, uh, marvelous, what's the word, um, marvelous win, <laughs> win, um, for the Celtics, the green team. But... We'll see what else happens. I mean, their next game is coming up. It will be on Wednesday, tomorrow, December 21st, 7.30 p.m. Hey, guys, have a happy holiday. Um, The next podcast will be on Christmas, so I just want to say happy holiday. I'll reiterate that later in the show, but thanks again for listening, guys. All right. Let's see. Red Sox news. Red Sox news. I've got a great edition of Red Sox news. Um... As expected, Johnny Damon declined um, a salary arbitration late Monday night. Veteran infielder Tony Graffinio tossed the Red Sox a bit of a curve when he accepted the offer before the midnight Eastern Time deadline. Damon, who turned down the club's last contract bid, he believed to be four years at $40 million, can still negotiate and sign with Boston until January 8th. If no deal is signed by them, he won't be able to return to Boston Red Sox until May 1st, and it would likely never even come to that because that will already be 
really way too late. Graffinino is now bound to the Red Sox unless he's traded or released, and the decision creates a crowded infield situation. The acquisition of Mark Loretta gave the club a starting second baseman. They also have Alex Cora, who would become a utility player if the Sox signed or acquired a shortstop to replace the traded Edgar Renteria, as well as a prospect, Dustin Pedroia. Graffinino, who can play all four infield positions, frankly, uh, earned $1.1 million last year, the second year of a two-year deal worth $2.2 million. He could earn $2 million or more in arbitration and then become string paint... <laughs> then come to spring training as an insurance policy. As the spring wears on, the Red Sox could use Graffinino as a trade chip, uh, or they could just release him and pay him only one-sixth of the salary. Uh, Graffinino's agent said that there has been interest in his client as a starting second baseman, yet the 33-year-old who hit 309 with seven home runs and 38 RBIs for the Royals and Red Sox last year returned to a team that may or may not have a real need for him. Uh, there is plenty of need for Damon, whose choices appeared to be narrowing down to the Red Sox. <laughs> oh, man, and the Yankees. Damon has said repeatedly that he wants to return to Boston, where he's spent the last three years, but he also said he doesn't like the way the Red Sox have handled his re-signing. One report says the Yankees are offering a fifth year. Originally, Scott Boris was asking for seven. Uh, that's Johnny Damon agent, but uh, Sunday night... Appearing on a local television program, Sox manager Terry Francona said, I honestly think Johnny will be coming back. I hope. I hope he's right. Francona said the same thing about Manny Ramirez, who asked to be traded. Um, I don't think we can get anywhere close to fair value for either of them. I mean, earlier the, on the program, the title song from Jesus Christ Superstar was played as Damon's highlights and his three-year averages were flashed on the screen. 295 batting average, 362 on base percentage, 183 hits, 14 homers, 75 RBIs, and 115 runs. Speaking on another program, new general manager Jed Hoyer said, uh, we've been talking to Scott about three to four times a week, Scott being um, John Damon's uh, Man, I'm losing my words here. Scott being uh, Johnny Damon's agent. Uh, this can go up until January the 8th, as you said before, but negotiations are ongoing. It's a tough balance on the infield, but I think they can figure it out. And as far as the shortstop situation, Sox Brett continues to explore options, making it clear that they would be comfortable with Cora at the position if that's the way it ends up. But hey, hey, what about, um, what about... This whole Manny deal here. But first, before I go to the Manny deal, let's go to the free agent tracker on the Red Sox. Free agents this year. Johnny Damon. Tony Graffinino. Adam Heisdew. Matt Manti. Kevin Millar. Bill Miller. Mike Myers. John Olerud, who has been retired. Uh, Matt Parisho. Mike Remlinger. Mike Stanton. And Mike Timlin. So I've got some notes for you. There have been some um, different things. Uh, Johnny Damon has not been signed yet. Tony Graffinino, not been signed yet. Adam Heizu has been signed to a new team on the 3rd of November, a minor league contract. That new team is Texas. Matt Manti has not been signed. Kevin Millar, no negotiations so far. Uh, Bill Miller, third baseman of the Red Sox, as I said before, signed to the Los Angeles Dodgers on the 14th of December. For a two-year contract, Mike Myers to the Yankees. 
Yes, to the Yankees, Submarine or Mike Myers, the relief pitcher. To the New York Yankees on the 12th, 12 8 two-year contract. John Rule retired. Matt Parisho, minor league contract with the Mets. And Mike Timlin, he's back in Boston next year. A one-year contract with the Red Sox signed on the 2nd of November. All right, guys. That's pretty much it for the whole uh, free agent thing that's going on. But, hey, why don't we look at this Manny deal now? This Manny deal is just driving me crazy. Should Manny stay or should Manny go? Uh, I don't, I still don't understand the way Manny Ramirez feels about playing in Boston. I mean, you guys send me your feedback, thebostoncastyahoo.com. I mean, with the way the fans love him and the way he's getting compensated, you'd think he'd be happy. If it's a personal privacy issue, I can't see where the, where this would be different from somewhere else, unless he goes to somewhere such as Arizona or Colorado. Could anybody shed some light on this, please? Um, that'd be great. I mean, I've got some responses on that. I posted that on the forum. I mean... The light I can shed on this probably isn't what you're looking for. But here's the bottom line with Ramirez. This is like a similar answer to the question that I found on MLB.com. But um, Here's the bottom line on Ramirez. He's made it clear that his issues with Boston are personal. I'm going to respect his privacy on this issue and make no attempt to pry into his personal life. As a baseball writer, I love watching Ramirez. These are the words of um, Ian Brown from MLB.com. He's a great player. Uh, it's one of the joys of my job. So for selfish reasons, I'd like to see him stay. And perhaps the Red Sox can still convince him that they have that he can stay happy in Boston. Because if it's so hard for him to get equal value for a future Hall of Fame hitter like Man- Ramirez, I think there's a decent chance he'll be back in the customary cleanup spot behind David Ortiz in Boston in 2006. I got that answer off MLB.com. Some copyright. Just need to throw it in there so I'm being legal. But, um... With only around 10 members left in the roster from 2004 championship team, what are the Red Sox doing? Are they ruining it for the fans? Or is the magic slipping away with each trade they lost free agency? Well, my response is that if Johnny Damon comes back, the Red Sox will have 11 players from the historic team of 04. I think it's just the nature of the business of baseball in this day and age. That much of the title team has already turned over. Everything's always changed. I mean, however... It is that the team has cleaned house. I mean, Ortiz, Jason Veritek, Tim Wakefield, Mike Timlin, Ramirez, Kurt Schilling, Keith Folk, Bronson Arroyo, and Trot Nixon. Those are the key members to the championship, and they still remain. Baseball isn't like it was 30 years ago uh, when teams didn't have much turnover on a yearly basis. The bottom line is that the Red Sox have won 95-plus games the last three years. They're doing their best to... Uh, putting winning product on their field, although the departure of beloved players is understandably hard for passionate fans like you guys and me to take at times. I mean, I'm having trouble with this whole, nah, personal trouble with this whole uh, Ortiz Manny deal. No, I'm joking. I'm kidding. But, um, why not trade David Wells for Orlando Cabrera for the shortstop petition? If it gets the big man to Colorado like he wants and brings back a fan-favorite shortstop who we know can't handle the pressure of Beantown. Uh, it's not a bad thought in my response. However, in the view of Boston front office, Cabrera was not worth what the Angels paid him a year ago. So I'm sure that the thought process changes 12 months later. Um, Roger Clemens left Boston. Many said good riddance, but when he became a Yankee, the rest of us joined in, and most Boston fans wrote him off completely. Do you think Boston fans' attitude towards him 
over the past 10 years will play any role in the Sox's chances of landing him. Don't forget when Clemens made uh, what was assumed to be his last regular season start at Fenway Park in August 2003, Red Sox fans gave him a heartfelt standing ovation. At that point, it was clear to him that time had healed most of the wounds that had developed regarding the altitude of the fans towards the all-time great picture. I mean, Clemens has spoken fondly of Boston ever since Dan Duquette left. I mean, well, I think it was preference to say the state of Texas. Um, Boston is one of the precious, precious, precious few other scenarios that would intrigue him. Don't forget, Clemens is very much a baseball historian. If he did come back and win one more game for the Red Sox, he would surpass Cy Young as the uh, all-time winningest picture in the history of a proud franchise. It would be incredible theater to see the rocket come back and smell the roses in the city where the legend was created, but at this point, I'd say it's quite a long shot. But um, Doug Maragalli's wrong. What will Wake do, Wakefield do without his knuckleball catcher? I mean, that's another question. While we're recognizing what a great job Mirabelli did catching the knuckleball over the last four seasons, I think it's also vital to recognize that Wakefield was a rock-solid member of the um, Red Sox for six years before Mirabelli ever got there. Wakefield's a very good pitcher in his own right, and I think it'd be unfair to pin all the success on Mirabelli's steady uh, hand behind the plate. Wakefield is the ultimate professional at knuckleballing. I think he'll rule a group without uh, Mirabelli. We'll see how Fairtech handles it, but um, you know what? Because the Red Sox seem really uneasy, having Kevin Euclid serve a full-time role at the first base, why was there been no mention of ta taking on Fran Frank Thomas? There's been talk of JT Snow, but Thomas seems like a much more dangerous threat. Imagine the three, four, five attack possible with Ortiz, Manny, Thomas. You know, I think the Red Sox are comfortable with Euclid getting the majority of the time at first, and I think that's exactly what you'll see. As for Thomas, he's a DH at this point uh, of his career, and the Red Sox already have a DH, the best one in the game, in fact, uh, on their roster. It's David Ortiz. If get if getting the left-handed hitter Snow, it would likely be a complimentary player, similar to the way the club used Doug Mankiewicz in 2004 and John Olerud last year. But thanks, guys. Email me uh, any responses. Do you have any man questions um, or any future comments to the BostonCast at Yahoo.com? All right, guys, that's pretty much it for Red Sox news. I really rambled on about that, but I got a lot of news in there. So I think that was great to just cover everything, and I won't have enough, a little news for a while on the Red Sox. But... You know what? Thank you for listening. So, Boston Bruins news. Why don't we check that out right now? The Bruins. Oh, yes. The Bruins. The Bruins took the ice again with a high-energy and spirited practice this morning. After working out in the weight room the previous day, the team is preparing for a divisional home-and-home home series uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs this week, a team that they're trying to catch in the standings. The first meet is Thursday night, and the TD... Bank North Garden in Boston at 7 p.m. with the second of the two games in the Air Canada Center the following day uh, in Toronto. The Bees are 1-1-1 one, one, one in the three game they've played against the Maple Leafs so far this season. So again, 7 p.m. on the 22nd of December, which is, in fact, two days from now on Thursday. And then Friday, the 23rd, 7 p.m. in Toronto. Sorry, this 22nd one is in Boston. Uh, you can see all of them on NESN. And after that, on OLN, and the 27th, two days after Christmas, uh, they'll be in Washington. So, that's great. And, as I said, listen to the other podcast for a wrap-up on the other game they had. Sorry, my phone's ringing here, but, um, 
They won 3-2 to two over the Wild on the previous week, last Thursday. That was a while ago, on December 15th. But just want to talk about that. You can uh, check that out. It's another time. All right, so Patriots news. What do we have for Patriots news today, Matt? What do we have for Patriots news, guys? Well, we have almost... No Patriots news. In fact, the win over the Buffalo, um, sorry, Buffalo, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 28 to nothing, was just amazing. I covered like five minutes on that last episode, or I think the episode before, one of those last two episodes. But anyway, this is episode 32, I think. Yeah, this is episode 32, so we're rolling right along. So, no Patriots news today. I made up for Patriots news with all that Red Sox news, but yeah, um, Red Sox, uh, just really took up the whole spot today. I had a lot of great content on them. I think you guys would enjoy that. I thought you guys would enjoy that. So, anyway, guys, this is the last day for the holiday raffle. Um, I will be announcing the winners on the 25th, which is next week. We've got about 20 entries. I mean, you guys will go home with... I've got like three or four prizes here, so... <laughs> a quarter of you will go home with something, so... Um, so, you know what? You guys, get the entries in. By the 24th, this is the last time I'm going to send him. Just send me your feedback, thebostoncastyahoo.com, to be injured. Alright, so, that's pretty much it. On the 25th, is a giveaway, so. It's the last episode until then. So, you've got to get your emails in if you want to be entered in that contest. Alright, guys, as I said on the previous show, if you guys are listening to this from the from the regular website, uh, www.thebostoncast.blogspot.com. Just clicking on the MP3 link every time. Just don't do it because it's a pain in the butt. Just get a news aggregator like, I don't know, like Search Fox, uh, Nimic, Pluck, MSN, Bloglines, Yahoo, Rojo, Feral, Dillish Us, Google Reader, Feedster. I mean, Multi RSS. There's 30 of them at least. So, um,. And then just put the thing in, and it's like iTunes, only you don't have to use the pain of iTunes. Um, no offense, Apple, but, um, I'm recording this on iMac, I mean, hey, I like Apple. But anyway, uh, guys, check that out, it's so much easier. And on the fan site, www.thebostoncastfansite.blogspot.com, I've got maybe 1, 2, 3, 4, 50, 50 little links down the right-hand side, um, of the fan site that, uh, are little links you click on it and open your aggregator that you downloaded so anyway and I've got the poll on the website I'm gonna take it off now and put a new poll on I've got some ideas for the poll I will put a new one up uh, today and I'm thinking about doing a survey for you guys for your listeners so you can tell me what you think about the show so anyway let's see the mini poll results for the Bruins poll can the Bruins finish any higher than the last place this division season 53% of you said yes, 23% of you said no, 18% of you said maybe, and 5% said I'm not sure. Total of 177 votes. Thanks for voting, guys. And thanks for visiting the fan site. I really appreciate that we have like 2,000 hits or something now. So that's great. And we have 1,200 subscribers. So thanks for staying strong, guys. Thanks for being a part of this big family of the Boston cast. And thanks for being Boston fans. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode. I will not do an episode tomorrow. I'm too busy. So thanks again for listening, and I will see you on Christmas with a special listen episode. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Bye. Again, <laughs> get those emails in for the raffle. All right, bye.